If your roof is leaking or your sink is clogged, what do you do? Who would you call? If you don't know any roofers or plumbers, you might find yourself Googling your problem, then crossing your fingers. The problem of finding the right person for the job at hand is one every person faces, and it's a problem that Thumbtack is solving thanks to technology. On this episode of IT Visionaries, we're joined by Raghavindra Prabhu, the CTO of Thumbtack, who explains what kind of tech is working behind the scenes to create personalized searches and how innovation at the company could lead to a whole new world of finding the right fit for every job you have. Enjoy this conversation. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform. This podcast is created by the team at mission.org. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at mission.org. We're at Thumbtack HQ, and I'm sitting across from the man known as RVP. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? We are super excited to talk to you today about everything going on at Thumbtack. But first, we're going to get into your background. How did you get started in technology in the first place? Yeah, it's interesting. So I I grew up in uh, Bangalore in India. Uh, at a time when sort of IT was the big thing. And so everyone was going to computer science. But oddly enough, like I got into this even before that, like uh, I just sort of started, had an interest in programming, like when I was in elementary school, like started getting interested in computers and doing things. Uh, My dad was an electrical engineer and he also loved to tinker in computers back then and so I started getting into it very early and and then sort of rode the wave of this sort of IT boom that happened in Bangalore. So uh, Bangalore used to be this sort of like researchy kind of a retirement town, if you will. Like it was not one of the big cities in India back then, but then just as sort of when I was getting into college, the IT boom hit the city. And now it's like almost like decades later, like it's unrecognizable to me as a, as a place where I grew up, but like it was kind of interesting to me, like got interested in computers, decided very early, like this is what I want to do. And then it so happened to be the, like the thing at the time. And then like sort of things went on from there. So flash forward to today, what is the scope of your responsibilities as CTO at Thumbtack? Yeah. So I lead the engineering team here, uh, as well as a few functions uh, that are technology related, uh, not traditional engineering, but things like IT and uh, business applications, internal tools, stuff like that. So that's what I do. So it's kind of like a mix between like CIO, CTO responsibilities a little bit? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. In the traditional sense. Yeah. And so why why is that the case here? You know, we see this a lot with technology companies um, where there's no like, quote unquote, you know, CIO, the kind of role has has changed into the CTO role. Why does it all roll up under, under yeah, you? I think that's a great question. Like I think the, and I've seen even the CTO role means different things in different companies. So totally. I think in a small company, the CTO is someone who is in some ways the chief architect of the company, like the person who has all the technology in their head. Uh, as companies grow larger, like it's very hard for one person to play that role. And uh, and so that role becomes diffused across 
a lot of engineers in the company and a lot of senior technical people in the company. Uh, and so then I think there's two flavors of the CTO role. One is sort of my role, which is like the head of engineering CTO, where uh, a large part of my role is people management, team building, stuff like that. Um, there's other flavors of CTO who are sort of sit parallel to the head of engineering and are still sort of playing that sort of chief architect role, but doing it through a small team of senior architects, uh, often leading by influence, figuring out how the technology strategy should be. Like, I mean, Kevin Scott at Microsoft, that type of role. Um, and there's many CTOs, I think Twitter has one. And, and so I think there's different flavors of this role. In sort of tech companies and tech startups, uh, I think it's more frequent to have the CIO role merged into the CTO role because like tech is just sort of a key part of how the company operates and all of that. Like in... In other companies, sort of traditional businesses, I think they happen to be quite different and you might or might not have a CTO. Uh, you likely have a CIO who's figuring out sort of how technology plays a role in that business. Uh, but I think the reason why it's different in tech companies is because, uh, for example, Thumbtack, like technology is a fundamental part of the company and the story of the company and the future of the company. So, Initially, when you found out about Thumbtack, like what was your first... Uh what was your first Thumbtack project? It's all something to do with home, right? Like, so I like to say like as a homeowner, it's kind of this thing where like you have a never ending to-do list. You, I know. You do one thing, you solve one problem, a new problem is there. You always have a backlog. You never get to a bunch of things in the backlog. Uh, and Thumbtack, our goal is to make it easy for you to go down. The, so it's kind of like it. It's not ideal or it sucks as a homeowner that you have this constant stream of things. But I think that's what Thumbtack is there to make it better for you. And and those are traditionally so challenging, right? Like you, like even, even the smallest things, like I want to hire a gardener. Traditionally, it's been such a cumbersome process, like to find that right person. Like uh, I think my first project was probably something plumbing related. Like I had, <laughs> it's a funny thing is, yeah, I mean, I, there was some, sort of, I think something in our kitchen sink, uh, the faucet or something, which my wife thought, there's no way you can do this, but I tried to. Oh, and I gosh. thought I did a great job, but three weeks later, I had to hire someone to <laughs> do it right. So yeah, our goal is to sort of make that so easy so you don't have to think about it. My real estate agent calls that hairy homeowner. Is that when, <laughs> when hairy homeowner yes. does, the, uh, does the repairs? <laughs> right. And it's not by somebody licensed. No, that's right. And there's some projects where you know, uh, at least I, like, I know my, where, I, what my capability is. I think I'm pretty self-aware of what I can do. Like, I'm not going to do a, a large remodel. Like, that's not sort of my thing. But there are these small repairs, like the toilet or something like that, which I, like, I can do that. Like, I don't need to hire someone, like, do all this work. to. And sometimes it's like hiring someone is more work than trying to do it yourself. Uh, but even so, I think like more often than not, like some of these things just end up being in the backlog and things don't get done because you think you can do it yourself. But like what we find is like people don't have either the skill or the time or both. So it's not even about skills sometimes, it's about time. And and that's why you end up wanting to hire someone. Yeah, I mean, I remember, um, you know, the first times that we used it at Mission, we had to set up our, our podcast table and like drill holes into this table and like do all this stuff and sand it down. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that am I going to go buy her like a circular sander, like a right. or circular saw and like a, um, sander and all this sort of stuff. And, and 
the short answer was no, <laughs> that we were just going to get someone, get a pro on Thumbtack to do it. Right. Um, and it's, and it's a lot easier. Um, so what's the scope of, of technology look like at Thumbtack? I want to talk um, about the tech first, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll talk some of the internal kind of tools and things that you all are using. Like how tough is the, is the technological problem that you're working on? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the the crux of Thumbtack is, I think, how do you bring technology to solve what's essentially one of the basic problems? Like, how do you hire? Uh, and that's one of the things I like about Thumbtack is the mission is so clear. Like, what we're trying to do is solve a very basic need, which is how do you hire someone to do a job for you that, like I said, like you may not have the skill or time to do yourself. It's, it's such a basic human need. And traditionally, it's been like yellow pages and other things where you have lists of people or businesses in your area who is a, is a good starting point. But the process from there is very hard. So even if you know the exact type of craftsman you want, which many people don't, like many people don't even know the term HVAC heating, ventilation, air conditioning is how the professionals like to call themselves. Hey, I'm a HVAC contractor. But consumers really want like, hey, I want someone to fix an AC. Like, and you may not even know, like, oh, I need to look for HVAC contractors, right? Like, so, but even if you find that right person, uh, then it's like, oh, I need to talk to a bunch of people on the phone, get quotes, describe my project again and again to each person. Uh, you get on the phone sometimes and some people are not in business anymore or they've shifted into a different craft. It just takes a ton of work. Uh, and then many other times you you don't know that sort of, there is a very specific type of professional who can do your job. Like I had to get a tree remote uh, from my house. Oh yeah, permits and everything. Right. And, and the thing is like, uh, there are people who specialize in tree removal and trimming. That's the only thing they do. So it's not a landscape person, it's not a gardener. They are that fine professional. And and so I think like, to me, technology, this is where like search and technology plays such a key role in making that fine-grained match happen. And on both sides, like you as a consumer want to hire someone to do that job and and technology that we are trying to build or in the process of building or have been working on, try to get you that sort of the right person for your job in your area who can do the job that you want at the right price that you want, right? And that's so personalized. Like sometimes we... Like we think of it as closer to dating than something else. Like it's so, and like someone's actually coming into your home. This is very different from like ride sharing or something like that. Like in ride sharing, for example, you want someone who's reasonably good that like, hey, reviews are good and all that to come. But uh, the challenge there is more like making that happen in real time. In our case, it's not so much the real time aspect, but you want to wet this type of person a little bit more because they're coming home. And and, uh, Thumbtack is a broad range of categories, which in each category, the problem is somewhat different. So for totally. house cleaning, like it's, uh, yeah, I want someone reasonably good who can meet my time, who can meet my price. But then if you're looking to hire a roofer or something, like, or something which is a more expensive job, you might want to exercise more discretion, talk to three or four people, see if they're competent, see if their style works with you, like if it's an interior designer. So I think like there's a sort of broad range of things. And that's why we think technology plays a key role in making that fine-grained search happen uh, for you. And clearly you think a lot about customer experience. Like what is that friction-free experience for the customer? And then on the other end, the friction-free experience for the pros. So yeah, how do you think through that? Yeah, so that's a great question. And so actually we have thought about this for a long time. And then it actually turns out the answer, especially on the customer side, is pretty simple to imagine. Like there is one way as a consumer, most people see things happening. Like just think about an e-commerce experience. Uh, like, hey, you have a book in mind and you want to buy that, right? 
think about a you want to travel somewhere for thanksgiving or christmas think about like booking a place to stay like either like an airbnb or a hotel or something like that you will see all of these work remarkably in the same way like it usually starts with a search a search box and there's an interactive experience where you're presented a list of options right and the key thing is this is a list of options that are actionable they're not like a directory but these are like flights you can book books you can buy places to stay where you can actually go and book that to stay that's our vision for how it should work to hire a pro right i want to hire a pro to come in on saturday to clean my home i should be able to come online start a search hey, i want to hire a house cleaner do i have an interactive experience see a bunch of prices see backgrounds all of this stuff and then you book and pay like that's the vision where we want to go um, today our focus has been on making that search happen like we are ma- mainly focused on finding you the right pro but we don't go all the way in sort of completing that transaction but that's sort of where our vision goes this is very aligned with what pros want right uh, what pros want is they want to focus on their craft and spend as much of their time doing their craft they don't want to spend a bunch of time on marketing using sophisticated tools and all kinds of things just give me customers just give me jobs and and the thing is like if we align if we build this customer experience that we have in mind it actually gives pros what they want so that's sort of like where our vision is going uh, now we think the hardest sort of the core part of that vision is making that fine grain match happen really well so we've been focused really hard on that but we are also building over the next few months and years we'll be building out all the tools to sort of like go all the way and like make that get you to your job done like uh, which is ultimately what we want you've done stints at Microsoft, Google, Twitter, and Pinterest. So I feel like between all of those, you know, accumulation of of uh, of some of the biggest, you know, companies, tech companies ever, you've seen a lot of things. What were some of the pieces that you took from those as you're kind of like looking at product? Um and not literally took pieces because I know you can't do that. But um <laughs> what were some of those mental models? What were some of those ideas? that you see in those companies that you've built at those companies that you saw like clearly this market this ecosystem of you know people wanting you know local services that you can kind of draw from those experiences yeah that's a that's a great question like in some ways the theme i picked up is there is no one formula like uh, yeah those companies that i think so different they have very different cultures in many ways uh, there's some common things but like how they approach problems is different Uh, so there's no one formula for success so one thing i figured out is that we have to chart our own path to success like there is no like hey, like just follow this formula and it works uh you have to figure out your formula like that that said you take the best of what some of these companies have learned uh say hey this doesn't work you take that too and and then you chart your own course based on that but to me one theme has been uh working on different types of search problems right like so at at bing in microsoft and then at google uh, i worked on sort of web search which basically is there's a ton of stuff out there how do i give you the most relevant stuff like so uh, it's it's just search at very large scale uh, but it's search that ends with some amount of work that you still need to do to find that right answer right fast forward into sort of the how what search is at thumbtack Uh, again there's a lot of sort of stuff out there like you have hundreds of thousands of pros across the US and like there's dozens of pros in your area for that work that you want to do like but our challenge is find you narrow you down into that one la- one 
one key thing, which is what are you looking for? So it's less about what we have realized over time is like less to, less about presenting your breadth of options. Like people don't want to look at a list of 50 pros and then do all that work themselves. They want, hey, Thumbtack, you tell me who's the one, one, two, or three. Maybe not one, but maybe like the three top people and then I'll work with them, right? Like sometimes you want all three on site. Like maybe for this roofer type of job, you want three people on site to get quotes and all of that. But in many cases, you want that one right result. And so that's sort of been like some of the different challenges in how search works across some of these other, some of these companies. But Yeah. And to your point, when you are in that kind of moment, you know, if it's junk removal, which, uh, which we're going to be doing here uh, with Thumbtack at uh, Mission HQ, we got some junk to get rid of this weekend. When you want junk removal, you're not exactly as concerned with the you know, long-term uh, feasibility of this relationship. Whereas with a roofer, it's like, I'm going to be with this roof for the next 30 years. So, um, you know, there's a lot more, like you said, vetting and different sort of things that, that go into that. But from a tech perspective, how are you trying to build that trust and build that sense of like, hey, we know what we're doing. Just trust us. We're seeing everything that's going on. This is the right stuff for you. And, and show that to the, to the customer. Yeah, and I think you speak to what I see as one of our hardest technical challenges is making our platform work across these range of use cases, which are very different, right? Like um, exactly as you pointed out, and those are two examples, but like you can think of hiring a photographer, like uh, a DJ, like there are all these different types of use cases where the amount of discretion or like the amount of time you have, the amount of money you spend, all of these are very different and, and we are trying to be a platform that works for all of them. And, and so I think like Thumbtack has traditionally taken a horizontal approach. Like we try to build that sort of core foundation that works across all of these categories. Uh, but in recent months, we started to figure out like, hey, there's groups of categories that it would be great to specialize and build something on top of that. For example, like I think we're starting down the path of like, booking a job in certain types of categories. And again, like house cleaning is a great example where you usually know, like when you want this person, you might have some flexibility. Uh, in some cases, like you're doing some wedding related, you're hiring a caterer or something like that. Now you have a fixed date uh, and you're trying to find like who's available on that date. Uh, but a different example, like house cleaning is like, hey, I want to book this house cleaner. Maybe I don't have a fixed date, but like house cleaning or junk removal, I may not sort of, as much at like I want a reasonably qualified good person at a good price uh, versus focus more on that fit and and this is where I think we're starting to verticalize um, not individually build like the right experience for house cleaning but more like for a set of categories that look the same way try to verticalize and build that sort of next step experience uh, the core core horizontal part is finding that match so what we find is like nailing that match is fundamental to all of these categories and happens to work more or less the same way at a very fundamental level. like, uh, And then there's more you can add on top of that. Yeah, and what you're talking about with building multiple customer experiences, I think is something that CTOs and CIOs now, A, have the ability to do like they never have before, but B, adds a level of complexity. How do you organize around that? Do you have... Uh, obviously, you're getting tons of data about your customers. Are you feeding that into like specific teams? Do you have different teams working on that? Is it something that you are obviously, you know, road mapping and looking at? But I'm just curious, like, how do you arrange around those different kind of problem sets? Yeah, no, that's great. And that's a great 
question and and the the and the the short answer is we are constantly evolving because uh, one of the things is thumbtack is growing as a company we are hiring a lot we are building the team and the time here we've been like growing the team like 4x 5x something like that like significantly and we are we find ourselves um on a fairly frequent basis a few few months definitely as part of annual planning uh figuring out how we should structure our efforts to meet our strategy strategy and strategic needs for the coming year right like and feedback comes to us from a variety of sources like obviously from the front lines uh, there are pros who call in and we have a sales team that talks to pros frequently uh we encourage all of our engineers and product people to uh do what we call side by sides like listen to calls uh to pros i actually found that very compelling we are a very data oriented company at thumbtack like so we look at a lot of data we look at sort of the quantitative aspects and then qualitative aspects but sometimes it's like very powerful listening to pros you mentioned junk remol i had i had a junk remol pro recently and he talked about sort of challenges he faced like he's one of our very successful pros but he's like hey like look like people just think of junk as volume but it turns out like the type of junk Oh yeah. Involves how much you pay, right? Like how much he pays pays the landfill. Like and people don't realize that. They're like, "Oh, it's just sort of volume." And like, "Here's my volume." And you said like for this volume it's this price. Like, now you're telling me a different price. Like, these are things that you just sometimes learn through anecdotal stories this way and then then you figure out how to build that into the product. So, yeah, we have a variety of loops through which we try to funnel this feedback onto our teams, uh but sometimes it's like just so powerful. connecting with pros directly in, in our community events uh we encourage everyone to hire pros uh, actively so we have something called thumbtack bucks which is kind of a a budget for people to spend hiring thumbtack pros every quarter uh, something our employees love uh, and but it builds this relationship with pros we have employees who go and try to put themselves in pros shoes like like hey like let me try to do a carpet cleaning job just to see what it takes like or what pain is involved in using thumbtack to make it work like so there's a lot of sort of connection with the community that i think like employees are passionate about we tend to hire people who are very mission oriented so people are here primarily for that reason and and they want to make the small business work they want to make the consumer experience work and and that feeds into our product plans and all of that and i will say you know if you go to thumbtack.com/careers you can check out there's a bunch of ep- engineering recs open Absolutely. um so for our listeners definitely go check that out uh if you're looking but i did want to touch on one of the things that you know we we had the opportunity to interview uh Marco the CEO on uh, on Mission Daily on another podcast and we talked about this idea that um a lot of the things that pros are doing are very much non-robot jobs. Um mm-hmm. we talk a lot about, you know, like robotic processing, RPA, things like that to take away like menial tasks for like knowledge workers, but a lot of these tasks are something that there's no robot coming to um, you know, set up your Christmas lights anytime soon. There's no robot to fix your plumbing anytime soon. A lot of the the things on Thumbtack are like inherently human-centric problems that humans need to solve. And when there's human centric problems the levels of complexity go up and up and up per per transaction uh, a roomba can't clean uh, you know your whole uh, your whole house for example right yeah. um so yeah how do you look at kind of like the complexity of those human centric problems and like learning and uh and managing that data yeah and by the way like i mean i think that's uh, uh, as i think about like so i've been here about 3 and 1/2 years uh, my primary motivation for coming to thumbtack was was very oriented around the consumer lens like 
just like on almost selfishly like hey like why is it so hard to hire the right pro for jobs that I want done like but as I've been here uh, this sort of future of work concept has been such a powerful motivation for building what we are building like because I think yeah you're right like if you look two or three decades from now uh, a lot of the jobs that people have today like truck driving and all of that which are a large part of people talk about ride sharing but there's all these like truck driving and so on which actually a large part of the US economy like those are the ones that are prone to automation um, and we are already seeing that in factories and all of that and 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 yes like i think the some of the types of sort of higher skill jobs that like thumbtack uh, focuses on like these are harder to automate and probably further out like and there's something really compelling about being able to learn a skill like that and then having a platform like thumbtack to be self employed make a living and maybe even build a great business and and so uh, in terms of technology and sort of how our product evolves uh, yeah i think a lot of the challenges in are in being able to express as a pro what you can do and what you cannot do or what you want to do and what you don't want to do and then getting the customer to express what they want which honestly many times they don't know uh, i as a consumer sometimes i don't know exactly what i want i have some vague idea of what i want but i don't know the price trade offs um, and i'm like oh wait oh if that's like 10x more expensive i don't want that like and so a lot of our challenge comes in how do we get that information which is so weakly structured and build structure around it and build search around it and build matching around it so that i think is really at a core of our um, some of the challenges that we work on at thumbtack like both sort of making that business understanding those crafts and so we have business teams that sort of interview a lot of pros and consumers and get a lot of that type of input but then when you get that input how do you feed that into our search system and those are sort of very unique challenges i think that are at the heart of thumbtack's technology well and i you know to your tree uh removal thing right like this what a what a perfect example of like how you know data can come to the rescue or not like you know hey i need a tree removed in my yard like how tall is the tree how wide is the tree how many branches is it how much does it weigh like you know if you're just to say hey ian how much does the tree in your backyard the oak tree that's in my backyard how much does it like weigh right. like i would have no idea how to do that yep. um and thumbtack doesn't know either so you have to figure out what pre-qualifying questions can you help the person you know figure that out like i love one of the prompts uh for junk removal is like how many pickup trucks right. cuz you can like conceptually think about well i kind of know what goes into a pickup truck yeah. so like 1 2 3 4 like how many pickup trucks like how much how many pickup trucks would my tree fill like i would have right. no idea right. and so it seems like you have such an interesting challenge to be able to ask all of these like to put the the inputs in that allow you to get a sophisticated amount of data back but once you do have those things then you can run that across like the whole data set of now when anyone asks for tree removal you have all of these things that you can go back on and the little ping reminder of like hey just so you know if you're taking down a tree that's larger than you know 10 feet you're going to need a permit from the city or whatever mm -hmm. it is exactly i think it's like guided discovery on the customer side like consumer side like because uh, yeah i mean and you mentioned the junk removal example of like hey i likely roughly no many pickup truck worth of load but this junk removal pro that i talked to he said actually consumers are sometimes way off they think and also like the size of pickup trucks is not standard That's and like true, actually yeah. turns out this guy came with a pickup truck was actually much larger than a typical pickup truck and 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 then he said like hey like look people are way off and and i think our question sometimes like say hey is it a 1/4 pickup truck or half 
a truck and the prices vary based on that. And people sort of like, I mean, I, I also estimated something. I think I said half, like, and then after I estimated that there was more junk that I wanted removed and then it ended up being larger. And like, so I was fine with like, Hey, like you're going to charge me more, but sometimes the consumer will be like, no, you told me this price. Like I wanted to make it work. And, and yes, so I think there's a guided discovery process on the consumer side. On the pro side, the challenge is very different. So the pros know exactly how their pricing structure works for the most part, right? Like, and they know the intricacies or all these edges of their business. But sometimes like the choice of what types of jobs they want are not obvious, right? Like for example, a pro in San Francisco might say, hey, look, like I only work in San Francisco. I'm not going to go across the bridge in Oakland, right? And they might want to specify that in our preferences. But you know what? Like if you get, there might be a couple of reasons why you might be okay with like, first of all, you might get a thousand dollar job, like a big job. And like, sure, I can do that trip across the bridge. Or maybe a week is sort of lean and like you're looking for more jobs and like you're not getting those jobs in your area. Sure, I'm going to travel across the bridge. I'm going to go down the peninsula. Like, And there are all these edge cases. And this is where actually, man, I think I'm learning recently is that this is where I want to use like AI and ML to give people a sense of like, okay, like these are your core jobs. These are the jobs that you're always willing to do. What you told us in these three zip codes, this type of house, I'm, I'm always ready to do a cleaning job as long as I'm available, right? But then there are these other jobs slightly outside of your preferences that maybe you're interested in. And maybe we can show you those. The only way you can do that is through using technology. Like only way to do that really well. And so that's sort of where we're really headed as a product. What about like image recognition and leveraging images? I know that this is one of the things that for movers specifically, like, hey, take a photo of the couch, take a photo of the, you know, like things like that. How are you looking at, at, at images yeah, it's interesting. So we have this thing called uh, what we call a make week, uh, which is kind of like a hackathon or like uh, a one week when engineers or other people can uh, work on sort of whatever is interesting to them, not sort of aligned with our strategy or something like that. Like you can work on whatever you want. And some of the things that have been built, uh, like in the most recent make week, uh, one of the things was around image recognition and using more advanced AI technologies to try to match a pro to your query, uh, looking at past projects. And so the uh, Thumbtack gets access to images in a few different ways. So pros upload images as part of their profile uh, about work that they've done. Consumers upload images as part of their request sometimes. Like, hey, like, look, this is the, this is the junk that I have. Like, like they just upload a photo, right? Uh, or they might upload a photo as part of the review. So we have actually a lot of images that come into our system um, and... And turns out, yeah, I mean, I think we can use the actual image data to do a match. Like if you said, hey, this is the type of kitchen I want, we can try to do some kind of a smart match versus what the pro has up uploaded. This doesn't always work great, but there are cases where it might be the right solution. And, and so we are working on stuff like that. In fact, like that, that was first built as part of Make Week, and it is something we are looking into factoring into our actual product plans. And that's the thing where, you know, it's so exciting, you know, five years down the road or, or, or what have you, when you have, you know, so much more data and the algorithms are refined to be able to say like, okay, well, this person has done 75 kitchens. So we more or less know, like, if you want a kitchen that looks exactly like this, then bam, there you go. And it's a little less manual and a little more, you know, streamlined. Absolutely. And I think you, you hit the, the key nail on the head. Like it's all about data. It's all about, I think, building that trove of data on top of which you can apply these algorithms. And the algorithms are improving every few months. I like to say in like, uh, in AI, like 
the state of art is changing every six months. Like, so as soon as you learn something, it's already obsolete. Like it's moving so quickly, but like it's getting better so quickly. And, uh, but a lot of it is around also the data. And I think as, I mean, people have done millions of projects on Thumbtack. And like, as we are building that data, we can make the match get better. I want to talk employee experience and kind of like the more traditional IT piece. How do you empower employees at Thumbtack? How do you leverage technology? What's kind of your approach to um, those kind of traditional IT problems? Yeah. And this is something that also we're evolving as we speak going into next year. Like I think, so we have uh, traditional IT, which is kind of uh, the very low level sort of basics, right? Like your endpoint, as they call it, like your device that you use at work, uh, the network around it, uh, the core systems that just power the business. Uh, but then you have tooling needs, right? Like, uh, and different teams have different approaches to tooling needs. Um, now, we don't necessarily have a sort of like, hey, like we need to build everything here. So we use a lot of sort of uh, tools that are out there. So we don't try to solve problems that have already been solved. Uh, so a lot of tooling needs that companies have, like, like, let's say recruiting team uh, needs, sort of people team needs, people processes, payroll, like uh, how you, like source code, source control, all of these things that are tools out there and, uh, or like tools like Slack, like there's all these tools out there that we just use out of the box. Uh, but there are cases when you need to build or even customize. So for example, like how we manage leads for our sales team. Uh, we obviously use tools like Salesforce but there's a lot of customization we do to make those teams more effective and better integrate into the rest of our data and the rest of our systems. Uh, in some cases, you want to actually go and build something. Like, for example, a tool for experimentation, right? So we run a lot of experiments. So we are at pretty significant scale, the tens of billions of users, lots of activity happening. So when we roll out a change, uh, we want to roll it out as an experiment see how it works. And and then if it works well, you want to roll it out broadly. There wasn't a great out of the box experimentation tool that would work for our needs. Uh, and that's a, so we have a platform team that, which is an engineering team that builds those types of things. So, so we have sort of this approach, which spans out of the box solutions, customization, and then building. And going into 2020, we're kind of trying to create this sort of strategy and vision around how all of this comes together. Like what's the process when someone has a use case they need? And sometimes like you end up with like 10 different solutions for the same thing, right? Like docs, like usually there's like five different solutions that different people have used for historical reasons. Like, hey, this worked well at my last company, like this one, like, like the variety of reasons. Sometimes it proliferates. Uh, and through this process, we also want to kind of bring all that together and sort of make, see what makes sense for the company as a whole. Uh, so we're really excited about sort of having a principled approach to getting all of this together. Yeah, that's that governance aspect that like every CIO is worried about to figure out, hey, everybody's using, you know, swipe their credit card out of box solutions. And now, you know, we have 75 different solutions that we're using. And that's okay, you know, as long as, you know, I, I know what's being used and we're not sharing passwords in a way that's, you know, not secure or whatever it is. And that's one of the maturing processes. Like as Thumbtack is growing into a, a larger, mature, uh, bigger, bigger company and a bigger business, like these are some of the things that you start approaching in a principled way. So how do you look at driving innovation? You talked about Make Week. I love that. 
But what about outside of technology? Like with the other, um, you know, like with business units, like if they come to you with the technology, if marketing comes to you with the technology, are you like helping them vet that? Do you have people on your team that are looking at that? If they were like, hey, we wanted to make this thing, um, how do you how do you kind of look at innovation? Yeah. So in fact, that's one of the reasons why we called that make week rather than hackathons. So a number of companies call them hackathons because uh, uh, a lot of them is like, hey, like, yeah, let's hack this together. But hackathons has a very engineering oriented thing. And, and it's true that engineers participate greatly in this, but we wanted to actually make it accessible to pretty much anyone in the company to participate in, right? Like one is you can have an idea and and then gather momentum around that idea. So what, what happens as part of Make Week is if you have a product feature that you want, maybe you're not a product manager, maybe you're not an engineer, you are on the finance team or something, but you have this great idea and then you pitch that as part of our Make Week process and then some people get excited and then you form a team and then you sort of go build it. So it's kind of like this small entrepreneurship type of thing. Uh, now there are whole other things that can also happen as part of Make Week, right? Like you can improve how our workplaces or like how our interview rooms are structured. And actually, I mean, recently, like one of, uh, we heard through candidate feedback surveys that, hey, you guys have a great interview process and the way your rooms are, interview rooms are structured and like you have these pro photos there, like it, it, it's great. Like, and I just, it's like, wow, like someone came up with that idea as part of Make Week, like, and now that, like that has an actual impact. Like, so there's a lot of ways that I think like uh, we encourage participation. Um, and actually, I mean, we rolled out a large feature recently, uh, which we call prize, assur prize assurance, which tries to connect value that pros get directly to what they're paying for. That came out of like just feedback heard from our frontline teams, right? The product teams weren't sort of looking into that closely, but we got all this feedback from the frontline teams and and it strongly pointed to like, hey, like we need to do something about this. And uh, a few months later, we have launched this really big feature. Uh, so I think there's many ways that that happens. All right, let's get into the lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience, you can go to salesforce.com slash platform to learn more. And I highly recommend you do because they're great and we love them. And uh, they bring the show to you twice a week. Lightning round questions. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Number one, what app are you using on your phone that's the most fun? Uh, uh, <laughs> this is, like, I have a three and a half year old, uh, a preschooler. So um, yeah, this is this app, which is from one of our music classes at school. And it basically plays some of the music that, um, she's learning and so I like to spend some time with her. Like it's just a pretty simple app, but it just has exactly what I need to connect with what she's doing at school. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just a fun app that I've been using in the last few days <laughs> quite a bit. But Favorite thing to cook or eat? Not much into cooking, honestly. Um, uh, eating, I just enjoy such a variety of cuisines. Like the, the main thing I enjoy about eating is the variety. Like I like to try different things every day, every week. But like, if I was one thing, like maybe Thai food or something like is my favorite. What do you do for fun? Right now it's all about like, if you have a preschooler, like it's all around, like our schedule revolves around her. Like a lot of the activities that you do revolve around her. So like even we used to do a lot of like, hey, go to Alaska and do some hiking. Like now it's more like, uh, let's go to LA and go to Disney Disneyland or something. Like, um, so a lot of that is right now around my daughter. Do you have a 
book or podcast that you've read or listened to recently that you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, I like to do as much reading as I can. Um, there's a book I'm reading right now called uh, The Gene. So it sort of goes into the history of genetics and all of this stuff. Very, very interesting book. Um, podcast. Um, there's this one on YouTube called uh, Veritasium, Veritasium, I think, uh, which has been sort of very fascinating for me. So it's like it covers a science topic of interest, like there's one around like this notion of a planet nine, like, hey, there's this planet out there on the outer reaches of the solar system, which has been theorized, but never observed, like, and it did a deep dive on it, talked to some Caltech sort of people working on it. Fascinating stuff is an example of that. What's your best advice for a first time CTO? I think so. There's like, there's three aspects that are there of the job, like uh, a large part of the job, at least the way that, as it's structured for me is like, is the people and organizational stuff. So a lot of it is about not you doing something, but having the right people to do it and being comfortable with them making the calls. Uh, I believe a lot in empowerment and letting people run with their ideas, even if I may not agree with it 100%. So just, I think maybe one thing is just realize that as much as there's the word technology in your job title, uh, the job is about people in many ways and empowering people, hiring the best people, and letting them drive things. Uh, so that's one thing I would say. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? I wish I was asked for technology opinions more. Like, yeah, I, I just like, I'm an engineer's engineer, if you will. Like uh, I very early in my career, I decided I don't want to do management. I changed my mind over time. <laughs> um, but most of where I come in right now is around people and all that, which I enjoy a lot now. Like, um, but I love that like, like just talk to this engineer about yesterday I was talking about like clock skew, like kind of this distributed systems thing. I don't often get a chance to have those types of like technical conversations. Like I'd love to do that more. Uh, uh, but I mean, I'm rightly not solicited for opinions because I'm far removed from it today, but it's just fun. Oh, I guess final question. Uh, why do you go by RVP? Yeah. So th those are my sort of initials. Like my name is Raghavendra Vinayak Prabhu. So it's RVP and, uh, it's like, it turns out like Raghavendra was a very common name, but I grew up in India in Bangalore. And so like there were two or three different Raghavendras in my class. And so I started going by RVP and it stuck when I came into the US and people couldn't pronounce the name and like, oh, like oh, RVP was still convenient. <laughs> and so uh, it's funny, like when I went from VP of engineering to CTO, uh, my team sort of had a cake which said, RVP, arrow, RCTO. <laughs> like, no, like I still go by RVP. <laughs> the title doesn't dictate how my name is. But. I love that. I love that story. There's too many, uh, too many in your class. Well, this is awesome. Thanks so much for hanging out. Um, any final thoughts, anything to plug? Obviously, like I said, everybody check out Thumbtack slash careers because I know you got open recs. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, uh, I think we are at an exciting time. Uh, we're building great technology. Uh, we are sort of that mid-stage company. There's a lot of growth ahead of us, a lot of career opportunities, a lot of fun work to do, and we have a good culture. Yeah, I'd love to work with people who are interested in joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much for hanging out. Cool. Thank you. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com platform. <laughs>